Welcome to Climate Quickies, bite-sized nuggets of climate goodness from our TEDx London experts in under five minutes. In this week's Quickie, we tackle a question that many of you have asked us about nuclear energy and whether it is part of a carbon-free future. So over to Mark Dyson, the Managing Director of Rocky Mountain Institute's Carbon-Free Electricity Program, to tell us more. Can you start by telling us what is nuclear energy and how does it relate to the kind of other kinds of energy sources that we have right now? Nuclear electricity in Mm. particular, which is the basically the only way that we use nuclear energy right now is the use of radioactive materials to heat water, to make steam, to spin turbines, to send electricity over wires into people's homes and businesses. And in a nutshell, that is the sequence of events Mm. that make up nuclear energy in most of the world today. That immediately sounds less dangerous than I first thought it was. Well, this is a question I was going to ask. Is, is Nuclear obviously has a real like, moral, ethical, people have real strong mm. opinions about it. Um, is it, from your perspective and the experience you have, where do you come down in this conversation? I focus on the economics. I focus on just the dollars and cents or the euros and pounds of the uh, role of nuclear energy in our decarbonization transition. And and so to be clear, nuclear energy is, is not a fossil fuel, right? If we're just looking at carbon and uh, emissions, it is better than oil, gas, and coal. Yeah. The construction and operation of nuclear power plants emits far less CO2. It's not zero, right? No technology is really zero, but it's very, very low compared to coal and gas. And then in the terms of the operation of it, it yeah. also is it's, it's zero? Essentially zero in operation. That's right. And that's why it's sometimes part of the conversation when we're talking about renewables, right? Right. So I lead the carbon-free electricity team yeah. at RMI. We, we include... Uh, any technology that qualifies as carbon-free or, or very, very close to carbon-free in the remit of our work. Okay. So is it good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it? No, I know that's a, like a, maybe a silly well, question. Well, that's a moral question, right? Right. If you want to decarbonize the global economy, you should be considering every technology that emits close to zero carbon. Mm-hmm. And nuclear certainly qualifies. From an economic perspective, it really depends, right? So um, folks who work in the nuclear industry have, uh, especially in recent years, made uh, some advances and certainly claims that the next generation of nuclear power plants that could come online in the next, say, 10 years could be really cost-effective, really safe uh, compared to today's technology, nuclear power plant technology. Mm -hmm. And I... That might be true. That might not be true. But what is often missing from that conversation is the competitive landscape, right? Nuclear power 10 years from now will be competing against continued advances in other forms of carbon-free electricity, including solar, including wind, including battery energy storage. And those technologies are on clear downward trajectories in price and are beating the socks off of every nuclear power plant that has come online or will come online soon in the world, right? Where we've seen recent projects in the UK, Hinkley, we've seen projects in the United States, Vodal, uh, take, you know, years beyond their anticipated construction uh, schedules and triple in budget before they come online, if they've even come online at all yet, mm-hmm. right? And so these, this is the kind of 
headwind facing the nuclear power industry if it wants to be a meaningful contributor to fighting climate change. And so that's a really, for me, that's a really nuanced take on this that I really appreciate because it's not about getting into the moral conversation about good or bad. It's about getting into the conversation of if we need to move fast at speed, at scale, it needs to be cost effective, then what are the solutions that fit that bill today? What are the solutions that fit that bill going forward? And and actually then you're looking at this, as you said, mix of, of different solutions being appropriate for different geographies depending and also seeing what happens in terms of technological advances and that drive might drive the price down yeah there's a there's a a story and and a a rationale to place bets on different technologies we shouldn't be putting all of our eggs in one basket but if we had to pick a basket it would be mostly full of wind and solar and storage for the next five to ten years because we know how those technologies work they're cheap and getting cheaper and they are definitively safe right and we know that we can make significant progress on decarbonizing electricity and actually decarbonizing the rest of the economy with these technologies that are already proven and cost effective And maybe there's a role to place a bet on some future nuclear technology that could help us make progress even more in the 2030s. But um, again, if we had to pick a set of solutions now, it would predominantly be made up of these uh, existing cost-effective technologies. Thanks for listening to this quickie. This episode was created by our superstar podcast team at TEDx London and supported by our headline partner, the global bank, City. Until next time, stay curious.